This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning, good morning. Good to see you in the house of the Lord. Bless every one of you. If you're a guest, we welcome you. If you're a regular, welcome you too. I believe God's going to touch your heart and speak to you today. If you need a Bible, get your hand up real high. Our ushers would gladly put the Word of God in your hand. And then go with me to the book of Jonah, chapter 2 is where we'll begin. Jonah 2, and remember, oh, Jonah, he's tucked in there right there before Micah and Obadiah. So I'll give you a second to get there. I was in a setting on Tuesday night last week, and um, it was one of those events that you never forget. And it was a time of just, we worship God. Actually, I was at a pastor's conference. There's about 5,000 pastors there. And for 28 minutes, there were no voices. Some instruments played. Man, we entered a place of worship. I'm telling you, it's one of those ones that I wanted to take a knife and cut a bit of it and just put it in my pocket and take it home. Was that real? I believe we're on those verges right here. And I began to say, Lord, why, why don't we see times of worship like that here and Just real sweetly, the Lord spoke and said, because we're in too big of a hurry. And that night, we just, time wasn't an element. And I believe at times that's what we do. We get in too big of a hurry and we're like, okay, God, you got 17 minutes. Get it done or we're out of here, you know. And so, again, I I just highlight that, that come in here with the right heart and worship and you'll see God move. I believe that with all my heart. Okay, we're back to the book of Jonah, chapter 2, and we ended last week, and Jonah was in the belly of the whale, which was God's idea. I don't know if you realize that. Remember, God prepared this fish. God spoke to this fish and said, that's the boy, get him. And so on those lines, I want you to realize that you can run from God. But God is relentlessly pursuing you. Not not to beat you up, but that's how much God loves you. And so he's he's coming after you right now. If you're on the run from God, just get ready. He he loves you enough that he's going to come after you. He loves you enough that it's going to be extreme if it has to be in the belly of the well. He doesn't care. That's how much he's after you in a good way. And so we come back here to Jonah chapter 2. And we begin in in verse 1. And it says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. Let's highlight something here. What did Jonah do? He's in the fish's belly and he prays. And note who the, the, the Bible says he prayed to, the Lord his God. And so when you're in the belly of the whale, God welcomes your prayers. But it's interesting to me that this guy named Jonah... He reveals human nature. He reveals men use nature pretty quick also in this. That he didn't pray when he was in the city of Joppa. He didn't pray when he got on the boat. He didn't pray in the storm. But he did pray when he got swallowed. And a lot of times that's us. What what would happen if the first thing we would begin to do was pray? And so another thing that I noticed off this, not only did he pray... But when God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh, 
Instead, Jonah goes to Tarshish. And that's our human nature. Sometimes God tells us to do certain things to obey this. And we don't obey. We say, now we're going to Tarshish. And then when we go to Tarshish, we expect God to bless us in our disobedience. I disobeyed you, Father God, and I did what I want to do, but I still want you to bless me. It doesn't work that way. And so what happens when I run from God, there's going to be chaos in my life, and there's going to be pain in my life. In, in the prayer of Jabez, this is 1 Chronicles 4.10, the, the, the man Jabez prayed this. He said, Lord, bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. Your hand be upon me. You keep me from evil. And the fifth one, he said, and that I cause no pain. Now, how many of you in here have ever caused pain to your life or somebody else's? That's your name. Raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Liar, liar, pencil. Raise your hand. See, that's what happens when we cause pain. And oftentimes, the pain that we cause is self-inflicted because of the disobedience in our lives. Now, as we start going through here in this passage, God knew exactly what it takes to get human beings to a place to repent. Romans 2, 4, and you may write this verse down. Romans 2, 4 says, the goodness of God is what leads me to repentance. Not the badness of God, not the meanness of God, but the goodness of God is what leads me to repentance. And so that's the thing that we got to look at. God wants to reveal his goodness to me and you, but it takes a heart that says, man, Father God, I blew it. I'm in rebellion and I've disobeyed. So what we start going through here, starting in verse 2, you're going to see his repentance. Keep reading with me here. And Jonah said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. My, my affliction. You know what that is? That's ownership. My, my affliction, I blew it. And he goes on and says, and he answered me. God's still in the business of answering when we own up. And he answered me out of the belly of Shoal, I cried. The, the, the pit. Shoal is a form of hell, is what that's talking about. He's literally saying, I was buried alive. Now, the bad news is I'm buried alive. The good news is I'm still alive. That may be good news for you today. You know what? Maybe the best news you have today is you're still alive. You're still here. It's better than being in the hospital. You could be six foot under, which sometimes right now that's pretty attractive to go to heaven and be with Jesus, depart and hostel is on you. I'm out of here. <laughs> Keep reading. Out of the belly of the shoal I cried, and you heard my voice. When you're in the pit, he'll still hear you, okay? For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas. And the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. In other words, I'm no longer in fellowship with you, Lord. 
Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. And note he said, I will look again. In other words, he's been there before. I'll look again to your holy temple. I'll look back again. And guess what? God's not against you looking back again, coming back to him. He's not against that. The waters surround me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings or the foundations. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. And what this means, he's saying, I'm out of fellowship with God. I have no relationship with God at this point. Yet, you have brought up my life from the pit Oh, Lord, my God. In other words, God hadn't forgot you. Even in the belly of the whale. And it's interesting here that when you talk about stuff like this, a lot of times people would say, man, Jonah, he is lucky, 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 lucky. There is no luck as a Christian, okay? God orders the steps of the righteous. It had nothing to do with luck. God was on a collision with, with Jonah. And God's still on a collision. And I'm not talking about an ugly one, a good one. Verse 7. When my soul fainted within me, I'm at the bottom of the barrel. I remembered the Lord. It's amazing what one trip to the pit, a trip to the belly of the whale, with seaweed wrapped around your head, and your gurgling salt water can do for you. And in this situation, he said, and I remembered the Lord. I remembered the Lord. See, it's where God wants to get us back to that place. And literally, this, this lines up exactly with the, the prodigal son story in Luke. It's either Luke 11 or Luke 15 where it talks about that. And remember, he was in the pig pen. The prodigal son was in the pig pen, and the Bible said he came to himself. And I believe this is what God does. This is literally a wake-up call. And so he goes on to say, I remember the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into the holy temple. See, God knows how to nudge us as human beings to get us back to that place. You know, if you've got a, a child, especially a teenage boy, and you were to tell him, I want you to take out the trash today. And your teenage boy looked at you and said, I really don't feel like taking out the trash today. As a parent, you understand how to change his feelings real quick. See, it's kind of what we do to Father God. I disobey... And God's trying to bring us back. And we're like, I, I really don't feel like coming back and doing what you asked. But God has a way of bringing us back. He begins to nudge us. He begins to come after us. And the Bible talks in John 16, 7, that when we hear the word of God, that the Holy Spirit takes the word of God, and he begins to convict our heart. That's the love of God to saying, I hadn't forgot you. I haven't forgot about you. Verse number 8, those who regard worthless idols, and rem remember an idol is anything or anyone 
that takes, place God, that takes God's place. He calls them worthless. Remember that. Those who regard worthless idols, they forsake their own mercy or they forsake the source of mercy. They forfeit God's mercy. You don't want to forfeit God's mercy. Lamentations 3.23 says, The Lord's mercies are new every morning. And we ought to say, Thank you, Lord. Your mercies are due every morning. You know why they're new every morning? Because we use them up every day. Now, the word mercy here, it literally means withholding the punishment that I deserve. In other words, I don't get what I deserve because of God's mercy. And he said, don't forfeit it. Don't forfeit the Lord's mercy. Verse 9. But I will sacrifice to you. Now watch the words here because this is very important. I will sacrifice to you. And how was he going to sacrifice? With the voice of thanksgiving. The sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of worship that, that comes with thanksgiving. Don't ever pass up a time, an opportunity to worship God, to praise God, to thank God. We ought to be so grateful, and so this is what he's doing. Now, now we got to stop just a minute. i got to remind you. Jonah's still in the belly of the well. And so in the belly of the well, we've seen him pray. We've seen God stir back mercy in him. And now he's saying, I'm going to honor you with the sacrifice of praise. I'm, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to give you thanks even in the belly of the well. Now think about the belly of the well again. When you're in the belly of the well, God's got your undivided attention. There is no NFL today. There is no HTV. There is no Netflix. This is really going to hurt. There is no social media. There's no cell phone towers in the belly of the whale. Really, when you look at the belly of the whale, there is nothing and nobody. So it's God and me. It's a good place. And so, man, he's got a heart of worship. He's got a heart of praise. And he said, I will pay what I vowed. In other words, I'll obey my commitment. I'll do what you told me to do. And he ends in this and he says, and salvation is of the Lord. Now don't forget that. The only way there's salvation is God's idea. There's no other salvation but through the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus said, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life, the only way to the Father is through the Son. Now, I don't know if you believe that or not. I do. I believe the only way to the Father is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know, there's a lot of people that they'll talk about Jesus. But you got to ask this question. Who is Jesus to you? Because many will say, well, Jesus was a prophet. Jesus was a priest. But if they don't acknowledge that he's the son of God, then they're messed up. That may hurt your feelings, but it's okay. I'm a big boy. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. I 
I tell you that in truth and love, okay? You guys have been around me long. You know I love you. I love people. So he said, salvation is of the Lord. Verse 10. Now this is incredible. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry ground or dry land. Now what you got to see here is God didn't act until Jonah acted. And many times we want God to act before we act. And it's human nature oftentimes that we have the thought, well, I'm just waiting on you, God. But again, could God be saying, but I'm just waiting on you. And so when we expect God to act before we act, it's almost like we're saying, Lord, let's, let's make a deal. I want to make a deal with you, God. If you'll do this, I'll never do that again in my life. Have anybody ever done that one? So, the Lord spoke to the fish. He spoke to the whale. This was God's idea. This is a supernatural God. And if we were to go back to the end of chapter 1, it was God's idea to swallow him with the fish in the first place. God's a supernatural God. It shows me here that God will go to great extremes to get your attention. And then he, he vomits him up. Now, think about this. This is the way you're never going to forget this story. I don't know if you're like me. I like the beach. I like the ocean. And so there's this one day we're all at the ocean. I'm at the beach, man. I, I, I got my, my, my sunglasses on. I got my glass of tea. I'm eating a, a, a slice of watermelon. I'm kicking back right there enjoying the rays. And all of a sudden I look at the sea and I'm thinking, that's not a surfer. That's not a sea do. What is that? And then you hear that old Jaws music. Dun, 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 dun. This, this whale comes strolling up, parks right there on the beach, opens his mouth and goes, blah, and this dude flops out. He's got seaweed around his head. He smells like dead fish, and I'll guarantee it's one of those. That you'll never forget that day at the beach. You know why? God's a supernatural God. You know, most theologians believe this took place on the coast of Israel and Syria. Right there at that border is where this took place. So God hurls him out. So I go back and I look, chapters 1 and chapter 2 of Jonah. And here's the question that arises. What would happen if Jonah would obey God the first time? When I obey God the first time, and I obey God quickly and quietly, there's blessings that only God will do then. But when I don't obey God and I think, you know what, I can do it whenever I want, however I want, then you're going to learn the hard way. And when I learn the hard way, there's going to be chaos in my life. There's going to be a lot of crisis in my life. So if I would just obey the first time. So what would happen if we begin to to pray this Father God I need your grace to obey grace me obey, to obey you Father God and so I want to talk to you a little bit about obedience this morning going to the New Testament John 14 John chapter 14 
you're going to begin to see scripture after scripture about how significant and important it is for me to obey, you to obey. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me. Now if you'll notice, these are red letter words. This is the Lord, if you love me. Let me give you a little proverb on if. If if and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas we'd have. What Proverbs is that? Mm, 36, 36. Okay, we'll keep reading. If you love me, keep my commandments. The word keep is a verb. To those who love Christ will prove their devotion by their obedience. Now notice he said, if you love me. He didn't say, just sing songs to me. He didn't say, if you love me, just tell me. And, and telling people that you love them a great thing. But he said, if you love me, the proof that you really love me is in the way you obey me. And, and so the Lord Jesus is just not in to tell me. He's in to show and tell. He said, come on, come on, come on. And so when we look at the Lord Jesus' life, the Lord Jesus didn't look at all of us and just say, I love you, I love you, I love you. The Lord Jesus died on the cross. He was obedient to the point of death. Wow. So we begin to see something here through the Lord Jesus' word. Obedience is the proof that I really love him. I, I really love you, Lord. And so every time I read this right here, grace me, Father God. Do, do any of you in here have a heart to say, I, I want to obey you. I want to obey you, Lord Jesus. Turn with me to the last chapter of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 66. Isaiah chapter 66. This chapter is a call to faithfulness. Isaiah 66, verse number 1. Thus says the Lord. Better yet, this is what the Lord says. This is the message. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Now, a guy named Stephen in Acts 7, he quoted this passage also. And what he quoted this for is, is, is the Lord's plan to live on the inside of humans and not in this place called a temple. Okay, keep reading because it's clear the Lord said, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. So he's telling us real quick, they're mine. He goes on to say, where is the house that you will build me? The Amplified says, what is the house that you will build me? He's after our heart. And where is the place of my rest or my, refresh, my refreshing? Verse 2. For all those things my hand is made, and all those things exist or are being for me, says the Lord. Now this is where we're going to really dive in here, okay? You got, you got to see this. But on this one thing will I look. But this one thing I'm to look for, this is what God's saying. There's something that causes us to be a magnet to God. On this one thing I'll look for. 
on him who was poor and of a contrite spirit. Now, you, you got to listen to the definitions of poor and contrite, okay? It literally means to be humble. It means to be simple. It means to be plain. But it also means to be broken. I'm humble before the Lord. So when I'm humble before the Lord, I become a magnet to the Lord. This is 1 Peter 5, 5 that he says, I give grace to the humble, but I resist the proud. And so God is on the lookout for a humble people that say, I got to have you, Father God. I, I need you. I, I can't make it without you. And then sandwiched between humble is plain simple. And on this side, it's broken. I'm broken before you, Lord Jesus. I got to have you, Lord Jesus. I, I need you today. Now note, he didn't say, I'm looking for someone that's talented, someone that's gifted, someone that's uh, uh, brilliant, someone that's rich. That's not what he said. He looks for the humble and the broken. But he didn't stop there. Now watch this last one. And who trembles at my word? Who is reverently responsive to what I say, to what I command? Now when you see he who trembles at my word, it's like this is part of the fear of the Lord. When I say the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is revealed by those who obey if you really want to dig in the scriptures in Genesis 22, this is what happened with Abraham. Remember when he took Isaac on the altar and he was going to kill him and the angel stopped him and said, no, 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 no. And the angel said to him, I now know that you fear me because you obey me. Now here's the thought off of this. Do you tremble at the word? Do you look at the word of God and think, Oh my gosh, I, I got to live by the word of God. I got to live for the Lord. Ephesians 4.27 says, don't give place to the devil. Don't give opportunity or stronghold to the devil. So there's areas in our life that I can give place to the devil. In other words, I open up the door. Even if I leave a crack. And, and in this chapter in Ephesians 4.27 where it says don't give place to the devil. One of the ways you can give place to the devil is by anger. But I also believe that when I live in sin and I live in disobedience. I've opened the door to the devil just like what he's talking about here. And when I do that his goal is to manipulate you. And so when I open the door to the devil. There's going to be crisis. Now I'm not saying every time you, you have difficulty and hardship, it's necessarily because of disobedience. That's not what I'm saying. But over and over when I look in the Bible, when people disobeyed God, just look at Jonah. What happened? Not good. And so I'm not exempt from that. So off of this, let me ask you a question. Am I humble? Am I broken? Do I tremble before the word or before the, at the word of God? Do I tremble before? Turn with me one more passage here. Psalms chapter 119. 
Psalms 119, the longest psalm in the Bible. Once you get there, we're going to start in verse 65. Ooh, the Word of God. Now, you're going to see it over and over in this passage. The significance of the Word of God. It's one thing to hear the Word of God. It's another thing to obey it. Psalm 119, verse 65. The psalmist said, You have dealt well with your servant. You have dealt well with your servant. Now, how does the Lord deal with a servant? O Lord, according to your word. According to how well I've obeyed the word or how well I've disobeyed the word. Now, remember what he said. I'm going to deal with my servant according to the word. And when you look at the commandments of God, those commandments were never meant to be multiple choice. Well, you know what? I like 2, 4, 6, 8. I just don't like 1, 3, 5, 7, 9. I like to obey God on Sundays, but we'd never say, but I live like the devil on Monday. We wouldn't say that. But he's going to deal with me and you according to his word. Verse 66. Teach me. Teach me, teach me, teach me. And that's for every one of us. So off of what he said right here, do you have a, 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 a teachable spirit? No, I know everything. Well, that's the robe of pride. You don't know have as much as you think you do. Teach me, and watch what he says, good judgment and knowledge. And so when he says, teach me good judgment and knowledge, watch what they're a result of. For I believe your commandments. So you want to get good knowledge and you want to have good judgment? Just follow his commandments. And I find in my life, the more I obey God, the better my life is. Hmm. 68. Before I was afflicted. Now listen real close. Before I was afflicted. Not after I was afflicted. But before I was afflicted, I went astray. So was the afflictions that came after me, was it because I went astray, because I wandered, because I got off God's path that he asked me to be on? See, it's very similar to Jonah right there. Jonah wasn't afflicted until he disobeyed. Before I was afflicted, I went away. But now, I keep your word. I did a 180. It's almost like he's saying, I've learned the hard way and I don't like that way. I would rather learn by wisdom than the hard way. How many ever been there where you say, man, I'm tired of learning the hard way. I'd rather learn by wisdom. Let the word of God teach me and then Father God grace me to obey your word. 68. You are good, and you do good. Now, that's God, okay? God is good. He's S-O-G-O-O-D, good. So, so, so good. He's good. Teach me your statutes. Teach me your value and your meanings. Distinguish within me right and wrong. The proud, the arrogant, the godless, 
They have forged a lie against me. Now, you may have people that are coming against you right now. Anybody got any people coming against you right now? They forged lies against me. They've lied about me. They've cheated me. They've mistreated me. They've persecuted me. They stabbed me in the back. Now, this is what he's talking about here. The proud have forged a lie against me. But listen to what he says. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to keep your precepts with my whole heart. I, I, I really don't care what they're doing. I'm just going to keep my heart right. Because guess what? I can't change what they do. I'm not God. But I can change what I do. So he's saying, I just focus on God with a whole heart. Not a half heart, not a little bit of my heart, just a whole heart. Verse 70. Now he's talking about the pride here, the prideful. Their heart is as fat as grease. What in the world does that mean? Your heart is fat as grease, pal. It means their heart was calloused. And their heart had become dull to the things of God. Could that define me? Has my heart become calloused? Has my heart become dull to the things of God? See, just right off there, I, I can tell you, the Lord may be shouting to you right now, wake up. Wake up. Now look what he ends in verse 70. But I delight in your law. I, I delight in your law. Now let me ask you a question here. Do you delight in the word of God? Or do you view the word of God as a restraint to you? See, it's a huge difference. Because in verse 16, 24, 35, 47, 70. And I stopped right there. Every one of those verses used the word delight. That word delight actually has the meaning to enjoy, to take great pleasure. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you take great pleasure in the Word of God? Do you enjoy the Word of God? Or do you look at it and say, man, it's just a bunch of rules. It's not a bunch of rules. It's life. It's the blueprint for me and you to live how God tells us to live. And when I listen and live how God tells my life is so much more blessed. So how do you do with the Word of God? Do you delight in it? See, I heard this this last week. That if I had an apple right here, this, this apple would have a lot of nutritional value with it if I just ate it as an apple. But I take that apple and I go to South Plains Fair. And I put a stick on it. And I jab it in all this sugar and I pull it out. And now it's no longer an apple. It's a candy apple. It tastes great. But it's lost all its nutritional value. And see, this is what's happening to the Word of God in many places. And people, they want the Word of God only if it's dipped in the good stuff. I'll eat it as long as it's the good stuff. But it has no, no, no spiritual nutrients with it anymore. So i got to take the Word of God just as it is. 
There's times, and you've heard me say this, I look at the Word of God and say, Father God, you set the bar way high. you you got to be kidding me. You really want me to obey that? And you know what he says? Yeah. Yeah. Do I delight in the Word? See, I believe this is where God wants to get us. You know, many of you may be like me. Growing up, I wasn't real big on reading anything. I got born again, and I couldn't even spell Bible, let alone read it. And then something began to happen within me where I fell in love with the Bible. And I I don't say this to say, lift me high or look at me, I'm so spiritual. There's not a day that didn't go by that I got to read my Bible. I got to get in the Word. Get in the Word and God will get into you. But, but it isn't punishment. It's like, oh, crap, I got to read the Bible today. i like, I, I got to have the Word of God today. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Only within this book do you get the spiritual vitamins, the spiritual nutrients, the spiritual energy that, that can come from the Word of God. But do, do I delight in the Word of God? See, I'm going to ask you to stand up here today. I was in here praying this morning just asking the Lord to move asking the Holy Spirit to anoint that I know God every time we assemble together He wants to connect to our hearts He wants us to encounter Him and so off of Isaiah 66 when He said this is what I'm looking for I'm looking for a humble heart I'm looking for one that's broken. I'm looking for the one that fears my word. I'm going to ask you to bow your head before we jump that way first. You may be here today. boxcar of your life has gotten off track you may be a Jonah today right now but you said I've I've run from God I'm I'm at a place in my life where I'm, I'm running from God Many times in my life, I, I didn't have to tell, have people tell me, you were in rebellion, you're disobedient. I knew it. I, I knew I'm, I'm running from God. And just like you, I, I have to surrender my heart to Him. I have to say, Lord, I'm, I'm like a fugitive. I'm, I'm tired of being on the run. I'm, I'm ready to come home. I'm, I'm ready to come back to you and your house and your temple again. And so if you're in here today and you need to make a a fresh declaration to the Lord Jesus, you need to say, I'm coming home today. I'm just telling you right now, Jesus will welcome you. And so if that's you today, right now, don't don't be ashamed anyway. Get, Get out of your seat and make your way down here. 
And I believe God's going to touch your heart. Quit running. Quit running. Come on, I see you. Way to go. Come on, I see. Come on. Here they come. Come on. Come on, guys. Come on. Thank you. Thank you for obeying. See, this is what happened in the first service, and I, I can't even explain everything that went on in the first service. Jesus showed up, I'm telling you. But it came off just like this. And so if we got other men of our prayer team, just come down here behind these guys. We're going to pray. We're going we're gonna to lay hands on you. We're going to stir you back up. Come on now. I want everybody to pray this in. And you men down here. I got one more coming right here. Just, just say this from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm coming home today. I ask you to forgive me my sin. I ask you to forgive me my disobedience. I'm tired of running. And so on October 1st, I ask you to come back into my heart. Stir within me as Lord of my life. Stir within me a passion. Deposit heaven within me. And I'll live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's clap. Let's clap. never gets old to you watching people give their heart to Jesus. I love it. But if you're here today, you say, I, I need a fresh anointing of humility. You know what humility says? I, I can't do this, Father God, on my own. I, I can't do this individually. I, I can't do this in my marriage. I, I can't do this in any venue of my, I, I gotta have you. And so I'm coming humbly before you today. If you need a touch, an anointing of, of humility, I welcome you right now. Come on down. If you're here today and you say, and I'm, I'm broken before the Lord, that's a good thing. And I gotta have you, Lord, I gotta have you. I, I welcome you, I welcome you. And then the third one was, I tremble at his word. Do, do I tremble at his word? I'm going to ask one more on those lines right there. If you're not a place in your heart right now where you say, I delight in the word of God, I delight in it. I, I welcome you to come down here. And I, I believe the power of the Spirit of God is going to come upon you where He's going to change your appetite, okay? There's going to be a stirring within you. And so as you come down here, our praise and worship team is going to sing. If our prayer team would come down here, let's just start praying with them. I believe you're led by the Spirit of God. He'll move within you. So come on, let, let's go ahead and pray. Let's, let's move forward. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.